clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, good to see you as always. I'm obviously- Good to see you. Is it? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It is. You seem to be in a good mood then today. Well, we're going to ride that (laughs) wave. (laughs) Rude. Yeah, I mean, I was. I mean, you've kind of ruined it, but okay. That's what I do, Doc. And we are back. I'm at my mobile command station out here in the country, so our connection might be a little bit dodgy this time around here, Doc. Internet isn't the greatest when you're out in the countryside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate your planfulness about that and recording this evening. <laughs> Excuse me. I have an entire mobile recording studio here with me. All right. I I mean genuinely. And and like it's not like I just like put in my earbuds and I'm like here we go. I mean you're just jeepers. on like the subway. Yeah. You're just on the subway. You're like, "Hey. Hey, I might lose you. Hey, thanks." <laughs> Well, it is good to see you, Doc. We have, of course, a couple of announcements. Don't forget, end of the month. Amy book, audiobook, regular book, all coming out. Very excited about that. We have a new announcement that we're going to make next week, and I'm really excited about this announcement. Wait, is this an announcement about an announcement? Yes, it's an Are announcement. Are we doing one of these? Yes, because it's coming next. You said you were going to, you want to possibly announce this next week. So I want to prep our audience for a really exciting announcement that's going to be coming next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now I've announced all right, it all right. for the announcement for next week. So stay tuned for that. I think we're I think I think we're split on the effectiveness of announcements for announcements building people's anticipation. I think we're we're split on the efficacy of that. I don't think I, I first of all, I don't know what e- efficacy means, so I don't understand what you're going <laughs> for here, but all I know is people like they want they want a little something to look forward to, Doc. Our millions and millions of fans out there, they just, you know, if it was just the same old, same old announcements. But if you go a little teaser, it's like a teaser trailer, you know, like the new Batman trailer comes out, but you only see like the bat suit for a hot second. You know, you know what I mean? Like it gets you excited. Okay. See? All right. There you go. See that? I that- think that's what the actual announcement itself does. But all right, I'm, we'll agree to disagree on this one. Okay, fine. Well, we uh, actually have something else that we want to bring up here today. Oh, yeah. Which we were both very excited about. Got a wonderful message. So uh, many of our millions of fans out there may remember this past episode. It was actually uh, a really difficult episode for me, specifically because I was reading it and it was quite upsetting. But we did an episode called Sometimes Shit Gets Complicated coming back from painful sexual and romantic experiences, right? And we read this letter that was sent to us, and man, it was rough. That's what I mean by it was like a hard episode. It was hearing the way that this woman was treated and and whatnot. It was really, really tough. Um, And we did the episode, and we just got uh, a message back from the person who wrote us this email. And I thought it would be good that we share it. Yeah, let's do it. So it says... Update to Jeremiah, James, and Dr. T. I can't express how much it meant to hear your thoughts about my situation. With the help of a friend willing to help me explore sex in an environment filled with respect and without judgment, as well as a therapist worth every dime she earns, I've made huge strides. The biggest help was simply having a name for what I was experiencing. Knowing I had a pain association 
gave me a starting point to start unraveling the trauma. Simply knowing that felt like half the battle was won. I've signed up for dating sites and am having fun exploring. I don't feel the need to hide my body or mentally float away. And more astonishingly, physical pain has been drastically diminished as well. I can't thank you enough. I know my message was really heavy and a hard left turn from your generally lighthearted natured show, but you really have changed my sex in quotes life. Much love. Hey, right? Ah, that's so sweet. I was really touched by that. That was so sweet. Thank you so much, listener. Thank you so much for sharing that. And also, well done. Well done. It sounds like she's she also took some stuff and went and did a ton of really great work with it. Yeah. And that, but that's the thing, you know, so we love to make jokes. We'd love to have fun here, obviously, at the University of Pleasure. But we started this because we wanted to help people, you know, and obviously, you know, the doc being the genius that she is, even though it's not actual therapy that we do here in any way, shape or form, just some of those helpful thoughts that you put out there, you know, it shows right there, doc, that they help. They help, man. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That what a good great. day. What, what a, a good day. day. Totally a really, really great day. So, that being said, let's do our topic of the day. We're going back to the classics here, an actual topic. And what I mean by actual topic, Doc, of course, you know, we've had, you know, a lot of reviews recently. We've had my sex tech corner, all this other different stuff, right? So... We that, had a could have been better sex story last yeah, week. That was great. That one was great. Thank you, Sapphire. Sapphire <laughs> you. was the greatest, I have to say. She had a really wonderful dry wit, and it made me reevaluate my music taste, especially on Hootie and the Blowfish, clearly not leading with that anytime soon. Um, so go back to the episode <laughs> to understand that reference if you haven't had a chance to listen to that. Sapphire, thank you so much for being there. Thank you for being such a good sport. But when I say classics, you know, this, we, we haven't gone, we haven't had the, the classic setup that made us world famous here at the podcast, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Thank you. I mean, gosh. Okay. All right. So. Well, no, also you you keep freezing on my end. So like it, it was just mostly silence and then you looking at me with expectation. So. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Aren't you lucky that I get to free you? Uh, when I freeze, you get to see my face. Like, I'm just like, fro even frozen, I know I still like it. You just go, ooh, that's the stuff right there. That's the moneymaker, right? You know, I just don't even know how, how you just can read the things that fill my head so It's incredible. Well, it's Karen. incredible. It's like I'm inside your brain. Yep. Anyway, yeah. our topic of the week. Here we go. You can't always get what you want. But you still have to ask for what you need. Now, I didn't sing it this time because my first pass at it, I, you know, I, I always brooding the illusion here. It was just really crappy. And I just, you know, I didn't feel good about it. So I'm glad that you let me go back and do that one a second time there, Doc. And I made it a little bit more clean there for the audience, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. over-explaining kind of muddied it up a bit. But yeah. yeah. yeah because if I would have done the other way, the other day was, it was more, I was like singing it because like the Rolling Stones, I can't always get what you want. But, you know, anyway, that doesn't matter. But I, you know what? I need you not to sing that because we do not have the fundage to pay. That's right. Stones. That's exactly right. Before. Well, I think I was a little flat, so I only need to be 20% different. Anyway, moving on, I definitely won't <laughs> sing that anymore. Don't want to be sued by the stones. Okay. Let's talk about this topic. Why this topic in particular, Doc? Well, you know, I as I've obviously talked about a number of times on the podcast, I do a lot of work. Right. And I talk to a lot of people about their sexual lives, their relational lives. And, you know, it's super fair that I have, uh, I would say maybe a selective sort of um, sample. Right. And that people usually come to me when they're distressed. But to be fair, people also talk to me a lot in my personal life about sex. Yes. Um, well, it's hard. Listen, Doc, it's hard not to like when you okay, to, to be to be fair to people who are not your clients out there and like friends and stuff like that. It's, I think we've talked about this before. It'd be like if you were a dentist, like, oh, I've been having a toothache. Like, you know, like, what do you think of, you know, zoom whitening my teeth? Like, you know, I mean, it's going to be a thing. And then sex being what it is, you being a rock star, like, of course, people are going to be like, oh, uh, so cool. I can say things to you that I couldn't talk to other people about. Sweet. You know, I mean, it's, I can imagine that happens a lot. 
It does happen a lot. You know, actually, I don't really mind, right? I wouldn't have gotten into this field if I thought that this was a boring topic. So I don't really mind. Um, it is comical, though. Usually people will first tell me that they don't want to talk to me and then after a cocktail, find me. There it so, is. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not talking to you. And then like, you know, like 20, 20, 20 seconds later. All right. So why this topic, Doc? Well, this happened because generally as somebody that talks with a lot of people about sex, there's a lot of folks out there that are, feel a little dissatisfied in their sexual lives, this is right? True. That they is don't true. exactly feel like they're getting things that they want in their sexual relationship. And it's often, you know, leads to a lot of distress, a lot of resentment, relational issues. I mean, we know from like, when you look at research, like sexual satisfaction um, is highly and positively correlated with overall life satisfaction, right? So like this stuff One, matters. It 100% doc, it 100% matters. I could totally see that. Like if, if, if like sex life was absolutely terrible, you know, it, it people could struggle, struggling with like overall right. happiness in life. And of course it has varying degrees of importance to different people and how much it impacts their quality of life. But as a trend, right, like this stuff is important and it's meaningful in many people's lives, not everybody, but in many people's lives. And it can really, when it, when it's not going well, or specifically when people don't feel like they're getting what they want or what they need, they can often have more distress and it comes up a lot. But what's very fascinating as somebody who talks to a lot of people, um, I'll often ask people around like, you know, people will talk about like feeling really frustrated or angry about not getting certain things. And I will often, you know, one of the first things I ask people is like, well, have you talked to your partner about that? And often people's efforts to actually talk to or ask their partner or talk to their partner about their sexual needs are really limited. Oh, people God, uh, very- Doc, 100% limited. Listen, I've learned so much on this podcast just being one of the co-hosts, right? I mean, things I would have never thought or, or like to even think about navigating in like a conversation like well, we should probably talk about that, right? It, I mean, it's 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 a scary thing and I've said it before. It's like that, you know, if you're in a couple, you know, cross gender and what have you, like man, it's like worse than talking about money. You know, it's like it's it's a hard scary thing to talk about with your partner. Yeah, we not you're right. And I know we certainly have not like, you know, everybody, fam, different family systems have maybe done better jobs than others or, you know, school systems or whatever. But like kind of in general, culturally, we have not done a great job teaching people how to communicate about sex. And I know that that's uh, agreed. That, and that's certainly something we've said like a thousand times. And we'll probably say a yes. thousand more in this podcast. And that's all the one of the whole points of why we are here talking about it. But it is really notable because it is an interesting dynamic that comes up a lot where people might feel really frustrated and really angry. And and then I ask like, okay, well, have you told your partner that you want this? And sometimes the answer is yes. But then when we investigate further, they've kind of sort of half mm -hmm. version, you know, or introduced it in some kind of hedging sort of ways. Or sometimes people just automatically assume, well, I just know they wouldn't do that. Or I know they wouldn't be interested in it. But they're still harboring a lot of anger and oh, yeah. resentment. Oh, I mean, I mean that's just, the thing, because that's what happens. It bubbles up, like, over time. Like, if you don't talk about it or you just automatically think your partner wouldn't do something, like, it causes, like, a lot of frustration, a lot of resentment. I can only – I mean, look, I, we've talked about my past situations, and I, I'm very open about it. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I was frustrated or, or upset, and, and or my partner was frustrated. You know what I mean? So – yeah, I can see that across the board, Doc. And we've talked about that a lot. And I think, like you said before, we're going to talk about it a hundred more times. Well, because it's like, you know, a really complex and difficult issue sometimes. If it was simple to solve, people wouldn't be coming in and talking about it, right? Like, right. I generally believe that when people know how to do something, they just often will do it. They don't <laughs> They don't pay a bunch for sex therapy or take their time, you know, and struggle a bunch because they have the secret skills to do the thing, right? So, right. like, you know, I think part of uh, the struggle around this, right, is, like, beyond just we haven't taught people to communicate much about sex, we've also not really done a great job helping people feel really, like, I guess, like secure in their own sexuality, meaning like, is what I want okay? Like, is it okay? A lot of, we've talked about like some people wanting to feel like it's normal, right? Is it okay? Is it healthy? And so also people kind of doubting their own like uh, 
fantasies or desires or things like that. And so all of those things, you know, plus many other variables we can't get into today can keep people from like really asking for, and especially, and when I say asking for, I don't mean like kind of like casually bringing it up during a sexual event and mumbling it and somebody kind of hears you and goes, what? But you know what I'm talking. Do you know yep, what I'm talking 100%, about, Jeremiah? Like hundred. Uh, that's why I'm nodding emphatically over here because it's like you know, all of a sudden they just like you know take a shot in the dark in in a sexy moment. Like maybe this will, <laughs> maybe it'll land. Yeah. You know, like mm, no, probably should talk about it beforehand. Well, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> people will sometimes like you know take that kind of a half shot, but then you know people don't really react because maybe they missed it, right? Like a partner like kind of missed that that was like sort of a, an asking for what I want kind of situation or like, you know, their, what their partner was kind of like trying right. to get at. Or they, but, or they act poorly or they, or they get like, a, uh, yeah. like, Ooh, like, what did you say? How could you say that to me? And you know, yeah. Or they reject it or, you know, like, and so then sometimes then people just kind of internalize that as like, okay, well, see, they're not interested. I did my due diligence. I don't have to ask again. Um, and then also, like, legitimately, there are times where people just are like, I know my partner really well. You don't know my partner. They would definitely say no. Right. Or or they're just expecting to be rejected. And ultimately, this all we've talked a lot. Right. Ultimately, this just kind of boils down generally to a fear of rejection. Right. And that's, you know, really human. Nobody likes the feeling of rejection. It nope. feels bad. Nope. And we definitely don't like the feeling of rejection around stuff that feels like we feel a little scared about. And when it comes to sex, some of the stuff that people might want are things that they also feel conflicted about themselves, right? Yes. So they might have some shame about, or yes. they might have some guilt about. And that even makes it more difficult, right? It's one thing to be like, hey, I really want tacos tonight. And someone's like, nah, I'm not into tacos, right? But you're not like really harboring a lot of deep internal conflict about your love of tacos, right? So right, like right. That, rejection, that rejection is much easier to experience versus like, let's say, I don't know, let's say somebody has a certain like kink or something that they're particularly interested. I don't know. Let's say somebody really wants to try like spanking. I don't know. Something, I, I mean, I see that as kind of mild, but let's, you know, but somebody in their mind is like feeling like that's actually like based on maybe how they were raised or the messaging they got. Maybe they feel like that's something that's like maybe not okay or a little out there. And so they try to throw that out. But the way that they throw that out there is in this kind of like you know, either like sort of sporadic kind of way, surprising, they surprise someone so, or they like bring it up in kind of a joking way. I mean, these are all the ways that we tend to bring things up when we're like a little worried about rejection. But the problem with that, and I get why people do it. I've, you know, like there's lots of times in life, not even just in sex, that people can bring up things kind of in that joking manner or that half version measure to, to help lessen the sting, right? Because it feels like it would lessen the sting of rejection. But the problem is that then the person doesn't really understand what you want. Right. Cause right? you're not having or an actual, you're, yeah. Cause you're not having a discussion about how serious you are about it. Like it's, if it's something done in a way that's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe uh, try that one time. You know, like, you know, the, you gotta, you gotta have a real conversation. Am I right? I mean, am I, am I anywhere in the right ballpark here, doc? Yeah, you have to have a real conversation. And so I think part of it is like, you know, one of the trickiest things is to get people to talk about what they want and what they feel like, you know, they need in more kind of direct, serious and uh, specific ways. And, you know, that seems like it's very easy to say and to instruct someone to do. But in my experience, very hard to accomplish, right? Well, because I mean, I people do Look, get really like, like I said, people get really anxious about stuff like this, Doc. It's like talking about money. Like I was saying, I've, I've said that in other episodes because like it's like this super stressful thing. Like what if nobody likes to be rejected? A, B, you know, it, it's one of those, uh, you know, uh, beating around the bush kind of scenarios. People think it's going to lessen the blow. Maybe it'll just spark a conversation. And then if it doesn't, you know, they kind of go, well, I tried, I did it. I tried, I tried, I tried. I'm going to talk about it. You know, like, so then if it doesn't happen because they tried that little conversation and they didn't get the reaction they wanted, I've, I have experienced long ago, something, a similar situation like that, where 
the part my partner at the time was beating around the bush not really telling me what they wanted and like tried one of those little things like and i just of course it went woof right over my head right i know that's shocking for all of our listeners to think that something went <laughs> past me but i remember like months later he was like well i tried to talk to you about this and you didn't i'm like when did you try to talk to me like we were hooking up and you said and i i was like well blah 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 blah, and it was like something very like i want to being like tied up or something and just you know we're in the throes so i didn't catch it but then they harbored all this frustration over it because i was very vocal about what i want and they were like well he's not giving me what i wanted and i'm like i didn't know that was a what you really wanted you follow what i'm saying here like and then i do i i do because it's actually like kind of like a good segue for like the other time that stuff often comes up uh, is during a fight, right? When people start talking about what they want is during a fight yeah. about sex, right? And they're like, and will, and will you never, or I tried. And he, what's interesting is, is I also sometimes, you know, and so like people are like in their feelings and people are less willing to be like, oh, let me think about meeting your need. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Like when you're fighting, <laughs> people general, people aren't generally like, oh, I'm feeling really generous to you right now. Let me think about that thing that that might be tricky for me or make me uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I mean, some people do that well, but for the most part, when emotions are heightened, that's first of all, I don't ever want to hang like out. I don't want to get... hang out with anybody that does that well. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That that that's so <laughs> topsy turvy. Like, if if somebody is like, if I'm in a fight with somebody and all of a sudden they're like, I understand completely, and I'm like, mm, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. I don't understand what's happening here. Like, that's too much. <laughs> um, I have so much to say about that, but we'll skip it for today. Um, <laughs> but I, I think when, when people sometimes, again, like you were talking about, like, there's like that pressure cooker sometimes for people, like they're feeling like I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting what I want. And they're not really talking about it, at least not directly. And sometimes straight up, just not talking about it at all. Um, and then the top blows and there's a fight and it all comes out, right. Or like, they're much more specific about what they want or need in this fight, but now the partner's not in a position of openness to hear it, right? So now your odds of rejection actually go up. You sort of created a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy right. in that way, right? Right. And that happens, that kind of stuff happens all the time. I think some other stuff that sometimes can get in the way of like people really getting what they want or, you know, at the very least some versions of what they want, and this comes up all the time is getting stuck in really all or nothing thinking, right? Where let's say somebody has a fantasy or like a sexual interest, like, um, like, I don't know, let's say somebody's like really wants to engage in anal intercourse with their partner, right? And their partner's like, ah, I don't know. But their partner kind of offers up something else, right? Like, but I don't know, maybe we could like kind of start playing around a little more like anally with like fingers or something. And somebody gets into like, well, that's not good enough, right? See, you don't want to do this, oh. you know? And Oh, that's brutal. Do you get what I mean? And here's the thing. Lots of people are take that negotiation and do a great job with it, right? Which is, by the way, what I would advise doing, right? Like yeah, right. <laughs> sometimes there's a leap. But sometimes people can get really stuck in a like, if I can't have my fantasy or my desire or my want exactly the way I want it, then it's not worth it. And it's right. not worth engaging. Right. In. And I know we've talked about this in past and, episodes as well. And that's and that's something that is really, you know, ha having experienced it, Doc, you know, I'm like, well, I just want it to be like this. And if it's not like this, then, you know, that's not, you know, I want vanilla ice cream. If you give me, you know, orange sherbet, I mean, it's still ice cream, but I wanted vanilla, you know, like, it, you know, it gets you. It causes more resentment and frustration. And it's like like you were saying, all or nothing. By the way, I would like to say, though, for all of the fans of the University of Pleasure out there, if somebody does say they want to just start light with fingers and anal play, being an anal shirt, but that's actually a good thing to go with. So and continue that negotiation from there. That's all I wanted to say about that, Doc. Continue on. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I know. Um, thank you for that, Jeremiah. You're and, welcome. Uh, but, but, you know, what's interesting, too, and like there is another end of this, which is sometimes up, and this is not really what we're focusing as much on today, but like we're talking more about like the person who needs a thing or wants a thing and is having struggles asking for it or figuring out how to ask for it or making assumptions about whether or not they will or won't get it. But from a partner's perspective, sometimes partners also can be really hesitant as well to bring up negotiations because they they also can assume that it wouldn't be good enough. Okay. Right. 
I literally don't know how many therapy sessions I've had with couples where somebody saying like, well, I would be willing to do this. And then, you know, let's say we'll use anal, right? Like, well, I would have been willing to play around maybe more with fingers or hands or something like that. And then their partner goes, what? I didn't know that. Why didn't you tell me that? Well, I didn't think it would be good enough. Oh, right? I see and what th- you're saying now. Now I get it. I thought you were going a different direction with this. Okay, I'm with you now. Right. And and I think that it, it speaks to kind of like oftentimes people don't talk about sex, like what they want or what they need until there's like, like the most common way are like during a sexual event, or it's maybe more of like that hedging version, or maybe someone does see it really directly during sex, but like it takes a partner off guard. They're like not ready to perform that in that moment right away. So it like creates a sense of pressure. And so like they might be like, uh, no, right? Because psychologically they're just not in a space for that or weren't weren't expecting it or during a fight, right? Like those are like the really common ways that people bring up their wants and needs. And I would say all of those ways are probably kind of problematic for different reasons, right? Right. And what's really hard, but frankly, very effective is figuring out how to get yourself in a non-sexual moment to say, I want to talk to you about something. Here's something that I've really been wanting. Even if you feel like the person has no desire to give it to you. And I think that is oftentimes the trickiest thing to get somebody to do because it feels super vulnerable. Yes. Well, yeah, of course, for for both people, especially if you're not great at communicating about sex together, you know, that's that could be a really vulnerable place to be. So, I mean, so you're saying, okay, I just want to be very clear here. So like non-sexual situations, like we've talked about in past episodes. So you're saying like, you know, start that. Like, give us a scenario, like over breakfast or like, you know, we're sitting there like, you know. (laughs) But like, yeah, like, honestly, like, hey, like, this is a thing. And this is always what's really fascinating about, like, um, for me around, like, just the way culturally we've set up dialogues about sex and sexuality. Like, people like that are often in like, you know, and I'm probably talking more about I'm you can do this and it's wise to do this in any uh, stage of a relationship. I'm probably talking a little bit more about how it might play out in a longer term relationship, but also useful to do in a shorter term relationship if it's something more casual. But um, let's like in longer term relationships, like people will go to the bathroom with the door open, you know, like people have not understand that these, these absurd levels of intimacy, right? Like I've had people be like, ah, you know, so and like my partner shaved my back or what? you know, saw me after surgery when I was high off my ass and was telling weird stories and, you know, just like stayed with me after my colonoscopy in the fart room. (laughs) I mean, I don't think they let you in, by the way. I don't think that's true. Um, But like, I don't think guests, I don't think guests are allowed in that room in that space, but that would be hilarious. I don't know anything about it yet. I'm getting closer to that age. So uh, I'll let you all know, listeners. Great. Um, but yeah, you, you're, you can ask your wife if she'll join you and see if you can accomplish that, I guess. I don't know that I'd recommend that, but like we do these, like in long-term relationships, we create space for all this incredibly like vulnerable, sometimes even humiliating level of intimacy. But the idea of bringing up in a non-sexual moment or a non-conflict moment, which frankly, I think is less more about just like no longer being able to like hold it in anymore is like terrifying, right? Like there's something, and and I think that that just speaks to probably a lot of cultural ingrainment of like sex being this very taboo topic and it's not something you're supposed to talk about. And so to your question, I do recommend like at breakfast being like, as long as you know it's appropriate with other company that may be or not be around, but privately being like, hey, I have something I want to talk to you about later. Let's take a walk. I love I love walk-in talks, by the way, when you want to talk about something that's a little bit more vulnerable. Why? Because you're not trapped. Oh, good call right? there. Good call. Because you're not, not trapped, because you can move, you can get a little of that anxious energy out. I mean, don't pick like the world's like, don't do it like in a subway station in Manhattan, you know, no, like, I, would, no, no, of course <laughs> like I, I think everybody understands like going for a nice, you know, intimate walk in the park to have a conversation or like, you know, yeah, where there's not a ton of people around. Yeah. Yeah. 
somewhere where there's enough privacy. But that that movement, going out, taking a walk, having a conversation, I think it helps. It it they often go really well. Those kind of and not always, but like it does really help people feel less trapped. It helps people's anxieties because they're moving and there's a little bit more freedom. People feel like they, even though it's not logical, they could run away if they really needed to, you know, <laughs> it, just, it helps that very, um, kind of fight or flight sort of response. All right. Us. Well, I, listen, so I, like, think, but, look, Stock, I think this is a really great place to take a quick break. So when we can come back here, you can give us some more tips like that, like taking a walk figuring stuff out, having those conversations. What do you say? Take a break? Yep. All right. We'll be right back. And we're back. Here at the University of Pleasure, again, the topic was, you can't always get what you want, but you still have to ask for what you need. And the doc is going to give us a little bit of tricks of the trade here, like we did right before the break. She was talking about, hey, go take a walk. I'm a real big fan of walks. I love this idea because I had a guy, I think I said this on the podcast before, like I had a guy bring his date when I was a waiter at the Olive Garden and he dumped her. And I mean, you want to talk feeling trapped. Hey, man, could have taken a walk. I didn't need to be bringing hot breadsticks over there while he was dumping her. You know what I mean? Like it was a little bit <laughs> didn't insensitive. He do it? Didn't he do it like at like the drinks portion? Like, yeah, the it was. Like, it was like, yeah, I literally was coming over to ask. I was like, oh, I'm so glad you guys are here. And they were like, oh, yeah. oh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a drink and all the soda. So I went to go get like their sodas. And then I came back to the table and she was weeping and yelling uh -huh. at him. And I was like, oh, here's your diet soda and here's the thing. And she goes, I'm going to need a cocktail. He's dumping me. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although so, as I said that out loud, I was like, well, I guess I don't know the dessert would be any better. You know, <laughs> sit through a whole nice meal, have a nice time. Like I'm dumping you. Oh. I'm really glad that you enjoyed your, you know, chocolate cake. I'm dumping yeah. you. Yeah. We need to do another episode on breakups. We did one on breakups, but yeah, we definitely the beginning, need to very, come back very beginning. Yep. But we read a few like a part two on that. I anyway, totally agree. All right. So, so um, tips of the trades here, Doc. Yeah. I think that here's the real sticking point. Uh, as we were talking about in the first half, people often don't ask or because they assume or because they're afraid of conflict or they're afraid of rejection, all sorts of reasons. You can't keep resenting someone for not getting your needs met or your wants met if you don't ask, right? You get 0% right. of what you don't ask for. Yep, agreed. You do have to ask. And one of the things that I, I would say is like this piece around – Asking for what you want and not a hedged or half kind of measure, but doing it kind of like you got to you got to go all in. Right. Yep. If you're going to ask about it, you need to go all in. And not Agreed. only that. And here's the thing. And this is really tricky. You may need to ask in, in any like relationship, especially if something is a little bit more complicated or the need feels a little bit tricky for a partner or whatever it might be. You might need to ask more than once. And I want to be very clear. There is a difference between badgering someone about something, right? Like, let's say there's a specific sexual act you want to do and being like, can we do that? Can we do that? I want to do that. Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we doing that? And having like a thoughtful dialogue about how you're feeling about your sexual needs in the relationship and bringing that up more than once. There you Does go. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. Because if you're badgering somebody, I mean, that's going to turn them off and they're not going to want to do it anyway. I mean, you know, if you're just like, come on, come on, come on. Why not? I tr We talked about it. We talked, you know, like, you know. You got to, you know, you go take that walk like the doc said and you go, hey, are you getting your needs met? Because I know we did talk about this thing and I know we haven't done it yet. And I just I want to find a balance. Right. And so part of that would just you might have to revisit a conversation. I literally so many times in couples therapy, people I'll be like, well, did you two talk about this? Yes. Once. Why do we have to talk about it again? And I'm like, well, because hard topics often require many conversations. Correct. That's why. Like most difficult topics or things that you maybe even require negotiations will not be resolved in a singular conversation. And that's just real. Like that's just what it looks like to navigate maybe a, you know, and, and it might just also be someone 
you know, if someone feels a little unsure. And if you, especially if there's maybe some negotiation required, like that might take a little bit of time. And if it's your need and it's your want, a lot of times people bring it up once and then they wait for their partner to be the one bringing it up. They're like, well, I, well, I told them, I told them two years ago that I wanted to play with handcuffs and they never walked in with handcuffs dangling <laughs> them around. Man. Right? And, so true. And I go, and I go, well, of course they didn't because they weren't the one motivated to play with handcuffs. Right. The way the motivation, right? If you want something, that is a motivation. If you're more reacting to someone's want, you are just inherently going to have a lower level of motivation around it. It's not going to be top of mind for you if it's not your want, right? If you're hungry, you're going to be thinking about food and more motivated about food. But if someone else in your world that you're hoping will come in and invite you to dinner isn't particularly hungry, you might be waiting around, quite a while because they don't have the same want. Yes. So basically what you're saying is like, you can't just, if you are the one who is motivated to try something, you know, the other person's not going to just necessarily like, you know, strap ons. Like I'm not, you know, I really would like to try that. Like that might be something the other person might feel a little uncomfortable about. So just bringing it up that one time and then expecting them to walk through the door with a strap on you know, you're probably going to keep waiting for them to walk through the door with that strap on because the reality is you're the one who wants it. They might be a little uncomfortable, right? And that's what you're saying here, right? Right. Or or, or not even uncomfortable. I'm not even talking about somebody. It might be discomfort, but sometimes it literally might be because it's not a priority to the other person because it's not their want. They have their own sets of wants that are priorities to them that motivate I'm talking about basic ass human motivation, right? Like we don't just randomly have like, sure, we're motivated to please a partner, but we are all the heroes of our own story. We are mostly preoccupied by our own wants and our own needs. And most of us spend the day trying to be like, let me make space for other people's wants, right? But they're not what sort of motivate us from just a, I'm not talking about being selfish. I'm just literally talking about general psychology and basic motivation. And so it is, if something is your want, the responsibility is really on you to be the one that brings it up sure. and initiates that dialogue. And I say this because, again, countless angry conversations about someone bringing something up once and then waiting and waiting and saying, I brought it up that one time and you never did anything about it. And I say, of course they didn't. It was your motivation. Yeah, not but here, theirs, so here's right? my question. Here's here's a question from a layman like me. Okay, but then, but you know, is it isn't it a thing that if your partner, like you know, people get caught in this thing of like, well, I would want to please them if they told me, you know, something that they wanted. I would want to go out and do that. Like I'm the guy that goes and buys the dildo. Like I'm the I'm that guy, right? So if my partner's like, I want to. I want to play with a strap, and I'm like, I'm going shopping tomorrow. Why? Because it would bring them joy, right? So is there something in there that's like, you know? Yeah, I think as partners, I'm talking about who's who has more onus of responsibility in making it a topic, like the but, person who's wanted is. Right, I, now, I understand who's a, wanted a, yes, is, but like, yeah, because like, I'm like, if they wanted something, like I would want to fulfill that. So, I mean, I'm also, I'm yeah, not, you know, no, I'm not playing devil's I, I, I advocate think, per se. I'm just saying like, no, you know. No, but I think it's a, no, but I think I appreciate you bringing it up because it is a fair question, right? Like, and it's a reasonable question. And I'm talking about like, so yeah, in an ideal world, partners would remember and be motivated to meet every single one of their partner's needs within a timely manner. But guess what? <laughs> Life is busy and yeah. people get distracted. And I bet if any listener thinks back that's in a partnership or has been in a partnership and thinks back on a time, can you say that with 100% act? Accuracy, and I'm not just talking about sex, the you with timeliness and intense motivation showed up and met the need that somebody presented to you. I need you to clean the kitchen and do the dishes more often. And you, you knew it was important to them and you knew it, it would make them feel good, but you didn't really 
care that much about the dishes. Some people might have showed up in a really timely manner, but some people might have been like, nah, it took me a while. Uh, or, yeah. Okay, I, I feel with what I feel with what you're saying. I, all right, I'm I'm with you now. So the, the 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 answer to that really what you're getting at is like, hey, you know, in an ideal world, yes, that would be a thing, but that's that's not reality all the time and things people get distracted well, and, and keep saying, getting like, busy. I, but what I appreciate about your question, and I do think this is important, Jeremiah, is like I'm talking about not relying on that. I'm not saying I wholeheartedly would say, hey, partners, if somebody goes out of their way to be vulnerable and tell you about a sexual want or sexual need, kind of think about circling back to that. That's really helpful. That's really meaningful to people when you do that. If they're vulnerable and they go out of their way to be vulnerable, like, yeah, to your point, Jeremiah, that's part of like also, you know, being a thoughtful partner. You are correct. But at the same time, we're all just doing our best. Right, <laughs> right. No, yeah, I agree. You're right. You're right. Get, sometimes things get lost, right? And so in a, in if we were in a couple session, I would look at both sides. I would say, hey, what kept you from circling back around? And frankly, oftentimes it is. Sometimes it's like I was uncomfortable with that and I didn't want to do it and I was avoiding it. But actually, frankly, more often than not, it was I didn't know it was that important to you and I lost track of it. I, because it wasn't my idea. Got That's it. frankly the most common answer. Okay. It's not okay. anything nefarious. Like I don't care about me. or really commonly, I didn't know it was that important to you. Right. And that's really going back to the stuff we were talking about. At the right. Beginning. So let's circle back to that. Then how now. It was so like, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, I didn't realize it was so important to you. Oh. So it didn't come back around. Let's say that they, you know, you know, somebody wanted to play with the handcuffs and that person didn't buy the handcuffs and bring it to them. So, you know, you as the person who is interested in the handcuffs might want to have another, even though it's going to be a difficult conversation, you're saying a second time, because it's always, you know, it's tough. Like it was, it was really nervous the first time. Now I got to, got to have that conversation again. Like, hey, want to go for a walk and talk about the handcuff thing? Like I, I had brought it up and I'd really like to try that. And then nothing really happened. And I, and you might be busy. I don't know. I just, you know, but I you don't want to have that yeah. conversation again is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically, it's always useful to assume it's, it's going to be a, a happier, healthier life to assume good intent, right? Got it. Like to not assume that someone's out to get you or they just don't give a shit about your needs. Odds are sometimes they might not like, look, there are some partnerships that really maybe a partner just does not give a shit but more often than not right like sometimes maybe that's the case and probably those are not meant long for this world those relationships right but there are plenty of relationships in which people just lose track of it or maybe they are a little nervous about it and so they do need you to bring it back up again right there's a litany of reasons someone might not be bringing it up but to assume that the reason is because they don't care about you and they don't care about your needs that's where it can become problematic got it and it's also not helpful it's not helpful um especially if it is making a person nervous like waiting to talk about it until you're nice and angry well, that's not going to make a person want to do something that makes them more. Most definitely not. Doc. Right. Like that's not going to inspire someone to be like, oh, well, now let me take this risk that kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. Right. So that would be kind of just something to think about. Like, don't wait around. Bring it up. And again, there is a difference between that, like being thoughtful dialogue, meaningful dialogue and badgering someone. These are right. very different things. Very different. Um, as I said earlier. As I said earlier, and this is part of that partner piece, right? Like being willing, and I know it's a bit repetitive, but I think it's so important, being willing to negotiate, right? 100%. 100%. Like, so like in my ideal world, in the doc's ideal world, right? Like somebody, if like if I sit in a session, oh, I'm just pleased. I'm so pleased in my heart when I hear somebody say, I really want this. And then someone says... I don't really feel ready for that. Or I don't know about that. And then they say, but what about this? I think I could get on board for that. Oh, it makes me so happy. <laughs> like it just <laughs> fills my heart with joy when I watch that kind of exchange, right? Because that negotiation, right? Like that's not rejection. That's saying like, I care enough to try something, but also I'm holding my own boundaries. Like I'm not ready for this. And here's the other thing. Like, We've talked about this before in here. What somebody's not ready for today 
doesn't mean that they might not be ready for it on a different day. Yeah, totally or later agree. Down the line, totally right? agree. Like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes people need the thought be planted. They need to mull it over for a while, and then uh, you know, to, they need to, they need to try a super light version of it to see if they like it yeah. at all. Because sometimes you just don't know if you're going to enjoy a thing until you try it a little bit. But trying to get like the whole like it needs to be the way that I imagined it and fantasized about it in my mind and it only needs to be that way and if you can't do that for me then you don't care that and and trust and I'm saying that that's not a lot of people don't do that but some people do struggle in that kind of thinking yep. that all or nothing thinking yep. and if you happen to be listening and you know you might be one of them I'm telling you strategically it's not going to get you where you want to be anytime soon right it's not good strategy negotiation is much better strategy. And this is sort of the title, right? You can't always get what you want. Getting like, that's the thing, like needs usually aren't all or nothing, right? Like getting more of a version of what you need that you also know that your partner is willing to give and maybe hopefully even enjoys giving. There's going to be so much more satisfaction in that than a partner begrudgingly doing something that makes them super uncomfortable yep, or that you know that they really don't want to do, or frankly, not doing it at all. Right. Like you're just going to, it's just going to lead to better sex. Uh, here we go. I'm with you. And that's what we're here for, doc. All right. What else we got? Um, I, I think, and so this is tricky, right? Like, sometimes people know that their needs aren't getting met, but they can't articulate what those needs are. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, I feel really dissatisfied. And then you say, okay, why? But they're like, I just, I'm not getting what I need. It's not, they'll use very vague terms. It's not adventurous enough, right? Or it's, there's not enough variety. It's not adventurous enough. It's not exciting enough. And then their partners are going, what does that mean? Right, right. <laughs> well, give me specifics, but they can't, they don't really have, right? So sometimes part of this is trying to find, like, if you're feeling really frustrated and you haven't really talked to some your partner about it, or let's say you have and you've had some of these dialogues I'm talking about, I think you might need to spend some individual time figuring out what is it, what is the need that you're not getting Right. Met. What is specifically that you can bring to your partner and go, okay, look, I want more adventure. And here are like 10 things. Like. Exactly. Yeah. And here's what, here are 10 things that, what that looks like to me, you know, having sex in cars or, and- or yeah. Or examples of what that could be. Right. Because if you, be. if people, and so sometimes like, sometimes like we've talked before in here many times, like it's okay to not know, like that's expected. You know, I think sometimes people feel like they're supposed to know, like, well, what do you like? And then people are like, I don't, I'm figuring it out. Figuring it out is totally fine. And you can be honest with a partner of like, there's a difference between like, it's just not exciting enough and saying, you know what? I'm not really sure. Let me try to spend some time figuring that out and come back to you so I can help you better understand. So, what, I mean, would you think that that's a figure. better thing to do that than, than come in with at least like, because my thought would be, you know, on my oh, way being yeah. the greatest life coach ever, you know, would be like, listen, from a life coach, but what? You're shaking your head. What? What'd I say? Well, I worry, I think that what you're going to say, and maybe I'm assuming or jumping the gun, that maybe what you're suggesting is waiting until you know to talk about it. No, no, no. I was okay. saying like, you know what, coming into it with like examples, even if you don't know that that's exactly what it is to, be, to have just a little bit more like, look, I really don't know what that looks like. Here are what other people right. think are adventures and, and, and more exciting I don't even know that I want to do these, but I, I'm just, I'm trying to articulate a little bit. So you're not totally in, you know, like coming in and be like, I'm just, I'm not satisfied. Why? Well, because, you know, I, I want more adventure. Okay. What does that mean? I have right. no idea. Right. I'll think about that and get back to you. Thank you for having a good walk with me. Like that seems to me like, you know, like. <laughs> it means yes. If you, if you have been starting to feel dissatisfied, yes, I think spending a little time thinking about what it is specifically that you're feeling dissatisfied and frankly, trying to develop some language about that. And part of what I was going to say is that there are different ways to do that. You could talk with a therapist, talk with a friend, you could listen to a podcast to help give you language. You could read a book or listen to a book. Like sometimes even if it's not totally geared towards you, you can help like books, things like that. You can be like, that's how I want to say it. That's what's going on for me. Right. Like you, that, that example, this actually ties in with that, that thank you card that the person gave us at the beginning, yeah. right. Or not card, but like that thank you message. Right. One of the things that she mentioned was like a phrase that I use, like that there were 
pain associations that were going on that were creating like issues with like arousal and enjoyment and things like that. Yep. And just that language, right? It gave, she was saying that that, if I don't, if I'm remembering correctly, that helped her get a starting point. Yes, right? that's exactly correct. It helped her kind of be able to further articulate what's going on. So if you know that you're feeling dissatisfied, but you don't exactly know why, or it's just kind of this vague sense of it, you need to start doing some personal work, right? And that can be with a therapist, but it could also just be with some books, with some podcasts. Start to try to figure out how to articulate to someone because to your point, Jeremiah, if you come in just vague as shit, it's probably not going to go as well. Right. The w- one thing I was shaking my head about would be this idea of like, if you're still not there yet, but you are boiling with resentment, like no. you probably just also, talk, you also just need to talk to you your partner. To you probably should it. talk yeah, to no, your partner when yeah, you no. start feeling. Yeah, we're on, we're on the same yeah. page here, Doc, so, like, I, I was definitely not saying yeah, to not talk. I was saying yeah. like, hey. You know, if you're going in, you don't have to know what the answer is. You don't have to know exactly what it is that you want, but it's something that really is needling at you that you need to talk about. Just, you know, instead of coming in so vague as shit that like, you know, because then the partner is they're searching like, what is the answer? What is the answer? I don't I, you know, I'm here like like, look, right. I, I read some books. These are things that have helped other people. I don't know if I'm interested in any of those, but I, I I was hoping maybe we could find it together. I don't really know, but I want more adventure, right? So like something that like is like well, you're open to solutions and a negotiation. You know what I mean? Instead right. Of- yeah. So so I think that like what I would recommend, right? Like if you're trying to still trying to figure it out, but you're noticing you're getting pretty resentful and feeling pretty resentful or angry, then you may want to sooner rather than later tell your partner, like, look, I'm starting to have some struggles and feeling dissatisfied in our sexual relationship. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't really know why, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm kind of doing some stuff to work that out, but I just want to let you know, like to try to figure out how to better explain that to you. But I do want to let you know what's going on because to your point, Jeremiah, something magical might happen right there in which two people start talking. That's right. And that actually heart starts to help create clarity about what might be going on because 100%. more often than not a partner's going to go, "Oh, really? What do you think's going on?" And someone might say, "Well, I don't know." But you're coming at it from this place of like, "Hey, I understand that I got to maybe figure out what might be going on." But but often most people like partners that care and are supportive are going to be like, "Okay, like uh, let's talk about it and see if we can figure some of that out together. We can coll- use the word collaborate, that we can collaboratively start to look at this. Yep. So I wouldn't really, even if you can't, like, I guess my basic point is, is like, you don't have to know right away. And frankly, I would use resentment as a good barometer. Don't wait until you're full on resentful. If yeah. you are starting to feel, yeah. if you are starting to feel that and you haven't talked to your partner, even if you don't know what the hell is going on, I think you need to tell your partner that you're struggling because often that's part of what leads to the solution. Absolutely. Um, some of the other quick little tips here, if I may, because I know we're going to run out of time. And you're going to tell me I have to stop. You always make me see like, like this this big brute that's like, oh, you can't continue with your magical words of wisdom and help people because we're going to run out of time. You know, I mean, I don't do that. I literally am just like, hey, you know, we got to keep the podcast like you can go down rabbit holes. okay? you don't understand. Like I can. I'm here to pull you back from the brink. I'm here to keep you (laughs) going. All right. It's true. It's true. I know. So I'm just trying to get all I can in can get in before you stop me. Thank you very much. (laughs) So the the other the other thing I was going to say is that. Um, part of this requires like part of getting what you need also means that sometimes you have to tolerate disappointment, right? That you might not get that 100%, right? You not, you might not get 100% of what you want. And here's the good news. You're an adult. You can tolerate disappointment. And this is more also something that can come up with partners as well. Sometimes partners don't even like, you know what I was saying? Like partners will be like, well, I didn't even try like to negotiate that because I was worried that not giving them the full 100% thing that they're asking for would disappoint them. So it's also like as a partner trying to trust that like you're, you know, the person that wants or needs something is an adult and they can handle not getting exactly what they want, right? Like people that are adults want Snickers ice cream, but they only have vanilla and they'll say, all right, I guess I, some ice cream is better than no ice cream. You know what I mean? Like like, that you can tolerate disappointment. Um, and I'm going to reiterate this because I think it's so important. 
try not to punish someone for a need that you have never communicated because it happens all the time. It's kind of unconscious. Yeah, you can't be pissed at somebody it's if kind you of didn't tell them. But you people can't start do to it. Feel, yeah, but sometimes people pre-reject, right? They make assumptions, they pre-reject. Well, I figured, and then they're already, they're already getting in their head about all the reasons that their partner would say no, and then they're mad at them. And it happens a lot, actually. We do that a lot in relationships where we kind of pre-reject or we like sort of assume certain things. And then we start to punish our partner for that. And our partner's like, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, why am I in trouble? Why are you so mad? Right. Right. But it's because you were hoping that they would secretly plug like mind read, right? Like secretly. And we all do this, by the way, I've done this, right? Like you hope that some, your partner secretly plugs into your brain and magically understands what it is that's going on with you. But as much as like the movies make love seem like magic, it's not. It's not. It's work. It's not. It's not magic. We can't magically read each other's minds. And so I understand it's an incredibly human thing to do, right? And, but I, I think trying not to punish them for that, a need that you've never communicated, or if you're being honest with yourself, kind of half-ass communicated, yeah. right? Like, I think that's really like reflecting with yourself. And we all, like, we all do stuff like this sometimes where you're like, did I really, or did I kind of half-ass that? Did I hedge that? Did yeah. I not, was I not clear? If I'm being right. honest with myself, maybe not. And here's my final one. The final one. Real big, big one for me. Try to give your partner the benefit of the doubt as well as your relationship yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Call. Right? Like, We've talked before about, especially in long-term relationships, like in long-term relationships, it's going to take quite a bit to often in a steady relationship, quite a bit to blow your house down. Right. So like you asking for something that you want and if someone doesn't like it or they don't need it, like you're going to be able to more than likely move through that as long as you're honest, as long as you're patient, as long as you manage disappointment, as long as you're respectful. Like these things are not catastrophic things. And also trying to give your partner the benefit of the doubt that they can handle it, that they are mature enough to say, well, I don't know if I really like that, but I think that maybe we could find some negotiations because I got to tell you the hardest thing as a couples therapist when I do couples therapy is watching two people not give each other the benefit of the doubt and assume the worst in right. one another. Yep. It is heartbreaking to watch and it happens all the time. And it's coming from a place of fear, fear of rejection and then protection, people wanting to protect themselves. And it's a very, what I am saying sounds very simple, but it's a really hard thing to do. But if you can kind of try to make it a practice generally in your relationship, it will translate very well to your sexual life. And frankly, giving your partner the benefit of the doubt creates much more space for negotiation and collaboration and much better sex at the end. And what more do we want in life, Doc? I mean, come on, right? That is brilliant. You are brilliant, and I so appreciate you. This was a good one today. I really like this. I mean, I like I like all we do, but you know, this was I I really was engaged. I felt connected to you in this one. I felt like we were on the same wavelength a couple times. I felt I had something special to offer in here, and I feel that uh, we were really like simpatico. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Right, which is really interesting because the delay between us is really pretty big. Oh, don't worry. I'll take care <laughs> so of that in post-production. Nobody will even notice. It's going to be fine. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So, Well, saying, Doc, that's right. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate all you do. Thank you so much for this. This is a really good one. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, another topic, we got to go back, like you were saying, do that, like, a breakup topic again. I think we got to go back to that one. That one's been rolling around in my mind since you said that we should probably do a take two of breaking up with people now that we've healed everybody with this episode. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Sounds good. Excellent. So listen, <laughs> Doc, thank you so much. Take care of yourself out there, everybody. Be kind to one another. Things are still really kind of crazy out there in the world. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks again, Doc. Bye. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music 
was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.